Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the opening line. That's the opening line given for preaching. It's right there in the hymnal. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how sermons begin. That's how you know it's time for the preaching. But did you know that it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 1? That's how Paul begins his letter to the Corinthians. That's where that comes from. That's where we got it. Over the course of the next, oh, we'll see how it goes, time, I'm intending to discipline myself to learn from Jesus' friends. Peter and James and John and Paul, the ones who knew him best as eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, and who shared the, the impact of his birth, life, death, and resurrection on the Christians who were living in that first generation. First, second, even third generation. As they unpacked what the message had meant for them and looked to the challenges that God was setting in front of them. In the course of these letters throughout the New Testament, we have all kinds of circumstances raising up their opportunities for our reflection. And we'll see ourselves mirrored there plenty of times. And we may even see times where we have to think back to a, another time in our life or another circumstance or maybe situations looking ahead for being prepared for things yet to come. In Corinthians, they were between comings of Christ. They had all of the benefits of being on our side of the timeline in that our Lord Jesus Christ had come. Christmas was a past tense event. Even Good Friday and Easter were past tense events for them. Even Pentecost now, a past tense event. The Lord was on the throne. The Lord is on the throne. And the Lord is going to appear again. This shapes the context for these letters, in particular, 1 Corinthians itself. In chapter 1, Paul explores the wisdom of the cross, what God did when he sent us the kind of Christ he sent us. He sent us a Christ not who shared victory the way everyone else but he shared victory by dying on a cross and rising from the dead. That's how he begins. We're all facing that. We're all facing that reality, and we have a God in Christ who has embraced that very reality. He's embraced that that's our biggest fear. Oh, there's all kinds of things that seem like little deaths that go up to that, public speaking, meeting new people. But over and over and over again, it is, when we think about it, the fear of death that keeps driving our own anxieties, fears, and terrors. A 
Paul reminds us that he has a God and we have a God who has already embraced that victory and is preparing us for what is coming next. That when the Lord appears again, that we will be rescued. The end of the epistle, the end of 1 Corinthians, ends on that high note, the resurrection of the body in full display in chapter 15. In between time, there's a lot of work to do. In between celebrating the cross and resurrection and enthronement of Jesus and his final appearing, there's all kinds of challenges that 1 Corinthians deals with. It deals with divisions within the church. It deals even with sexual immorality in the church. It deals with Christians taking each other to court. It deals with what to do in a culture where gods around us seem to get a lot more playtime than anything that comes out of Scripture. What to do when our own congregational social structures make it so that some get good gifts and others are denied, even when it comes to the Lord's Supper itself. So there are plenty of calls to repentance that Paul needs to give to the Corinthian congregation, especially because they think they've got it all figured out. They've got it all sorted out because God has been so gracious to them. Paul hints at that in our, in our lesson today. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Christ Jesus. That in every way you have been enriched in all speech and in knowledge as the testimony about Christ has been confirmed in you. <coughs> for so many of us, we have had the experience of having the word of the Lord poured into our minds and brains. We have been in Sunday school classes, that we've been in confirmation classes, that we've been through basic teaching of the Christian faith in such a way that we've got a, a firm foundation on which to build. The challenge, of course, is sometimes that firm foundation seems more like a firm mattress in order to relax on and to be complacent in. To see instead of Christian vocation, a calling to engage the world, to read it as Christian vacation, as a chance to take a break and have a, a chance of exploring the comfort of being saved rather than the joy of following Christ into whatever dangers he may be leading us. But Paul rejoices with the Corinthians that they have no lack. God has enriched them. He has provided them a full range, a full buffet even, of all kinds of good gifts that he will expound on later on in the book. Ministries of, of speaking the gospel clearly, ministries of healing, ministries of, of joy in the Lord in a variety of ways, not lacking in any demonstration that Christ is on his throne and that Jesus is Lord. 
all of these things serve as testimonies of, good, of God's goodwill for them while they wait for the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. <coughs> and that's where this lesson has its moment for the first Sunday of Advent. The purpose of the confirming word of God that confirms us in our faith and life is so that we are not lacking in any spiritual gift while we are waiting for our Lord's come. And why do we need to be so equipped? Because it is a dangerous place out there. There are plenty of things that would call our attention away. In fact, the disciples in Mark find that very thing challenging them. They, they walk outside of the temple after Jesus has taught there for several days in Jerusalem, and they look around and say to Jesus, Wow, look how big and awesome this building is. Isn't it great? And Jesus has to remind them that that building has only a certain few <clears throat> days left. Everything in this world has an expiration date. Not just the milk, and not just a born-on date like Bud has. But everything in this world has an expiration date. And there does come a reminder, generation upon generation, of that expiration date. He uses the very fact that the temple is going to be overrun by Roman armies just a few decades later as a reminder to them that Everything has an expiration date. And so he lifts up for them that example in their own generation so that they take hold of the world very, very loosely. That it is part of God's gift to them, but it is never to be idolized. And it is never to be put in their own minds and hearts in place of the exalted Jesus Christ who reigns at the throne of God. That example then leads Jesus to talk about the fact that all things will eventually come to an end. And that when it does, it'll actually be the redemption, the salvation that they have been waiting for. And so to be equipped with all of the good word of the Lord in heart and mind, and to be equipped with all of the benefits of the work of the Holy Spirit in baptism and Lord's Supper, and in that very word, and to be called into service in the various and many ways in which each one of you is planted in this world, in the various relationships you have, in the various works that you've been given to do, in the various modes of service that are your good duty. These are the things that God provides for us to rejoice in as we wait for his appearing, the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ on his day. In the meantime, God is faithful. All the things that he has promised come to pass. Day in and day out, the forgiveness of sins cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Day in and day out, the word of the Lord comes to you to remind you that today is one of his days. 
and day in and day out. We look forward to the day when he does draw all things to its close. And the fellowship that we have with Jesus that we know to be true by faith, we will see in the reality of sight. Paul anticipates that he is able to encourage this Corinthian congregation to move from the cross to the resurrection of the body in all the ups and downs of their experience of being in the church, but to recognize that God's ultimate plan and his trajectory for this is to gather around the throne, just as we've gathered around his altar. Amen. The peace of God that passes all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in faith towards Christ Jesus, not lacking in any spiritual gift, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will sustain you to the very end. 